We've got uh, solar panels and also the big 400 watt solar panel behind us there. And why does this matter? Because of course, right now we are dealing with massive risk of blackouts. And the power grid is just failing, you know, intermittently, but it's going to get worse because we've also got energy shortages. Think about the lack of coal power, the diesel problems that are happening right now. If you're in the military or the National Guard or Border Patrol or law enforcement and you need to be able to function even when the power grid goes down, or maybe you're a first responder, rescue team, firefighter, paramedic, you name it, you need to know about this equipment. So SAT123.com, folks. I love watching Bridie on TV and Mike Adams. Mike Adams, I love you more than Bridie on TV, but I love Bridie on TV a lot. I really have a man crush on Mike Adams. your support of this platform. Use the code BTV at checkout for additional savings. Brighteonstore.com. Hi, I'm James Mundy with Liberty Monks Podcast. You can find us at www.LibertyMonks.com. We love watching uncensored truth, and that's what you get when you go to Brighteon. Amazing people at Brighteon, but you get uncensored information, and you get the truth there, and that's why we're huge fans of Brighteon Network. All right, my fellow Americans, welcome back to the Sheriff Mack Show. Richard Mack is not here, but I'm filling in, doing the best I can. My name is Sam Bushman. I'm the CEO of CSPOA, just so you know who I am. Uh, Sheriff Mack is still the founder and president, and what's happening is we've just got too many places to be, too many things to do, and so that's why I'm kind of uh, advanced, if you will, or promoted to the CEO position. We just need more people doing more things because of the tremendous uh, efforts we're making, trainings we're doing across the country, uh, and clearly people are asking us to be involved in just about everything under the sun. Sheriff Mack normally quotes his win over Bill Clinton at the Supreme Court back in 1997 over gun control, and I don't really have a quote for you from that. What I try to do is I read the Supreme Court case from Sheriff Richard Mack uh, summary, and then I, I develop discussions around principles. Richard Mack quotes quotes, and I highlight principles. And one of the principles uh, that the late Antonin Scalia, Supreme Court Justice, focused on in the win for Sheriff Mack, the loss for President Clinton at the time, is this principle. There is dual sovereignties in America, ladies and gentlemen. The general government has delegated, limited, defined authority given to it. By the we the people, the consent of the governed, the states have been given broad authority and broad powers. But again, each sovereign, the state and the general government, the dual sovereigns, have specific responsibilities. Those responsibilities do not conflict, but they also divide and separate power. The general government has no authority over the states. The states created the general government, so there is some authority that the states have over the general government, but not the other way around. 
However, because we agreed to delegate authority to certain jurisdictions using checks and balances, we said to the general government, hey, in the Constitution, here's the list of things you can do. And then in the Bill of Rights, we said, and these are things you cannot touch. But understand, when we said that you cannot touch them, that doesn't mean the state can touch them either. Thus, the discussion at hand today. Welcome to the Sheriff Mag Show, CSPOA.org. If you want to get a copy of the Supreme Court decision that highlights this separations of powers and this dual sovereignty point that I'm making in incredible detail. To discuss the issues with me today is Sheriff Jeff Bullard. Uh, he's from Jefferson County, Illinois. com is his website. And he is an accomplished law enforcement officer with over 30 years of experience keeping families and communities safe. He has spent time in patrol, field training, investigations, problem-oriented policing, community policing, and a whole lot more. Best of all, he's a certified handgun, shotgun, rifle, low-light engagement instructor, and he received his Master of Science and Criminal Justice Administration from Missouri Baptist University. Sheriff, welcome to the Sheriff Mack Show. Good morning, Sam. Thanks for the invitation. Uh, catch me up a little bit about who you are. I know your credentials, but but tell me who Jeff is. You grew up in Illinois? I did. I grew up in southern Illinois. I spent most of my life there, except uh, when I went to uh, southeast Missouri State in Cape Girardeau to get my bachelor's in criminal justice. I got my master's later on while I was about a 24, 25-year veteran. And uh, I've spent my entire adult life in the criminal justice field. I started at the uh, sheriff's office in Jefferson County in 91. And uh, in 1997, I uh, went over to the Mount Vernon Police Department. I spent over 21 years there. And when I got elected as sheriff, I uh, retired as their detective captain. I was also assistant team commander for the high-risk team when I retired and became sheriff. And I got to wear uh, many hats, even though Mount Vernon's a small city. Uh, you can take a look at it online. It's a very busy city. Uh, unfortunately, it has the problems with gangs, violence, uh, drugs, and uh, uh, many problems that larger cities have. And so it was a blessing to be able to fight crime in my community and gain a lot of experience that helped put me where I am today. Wonderful. We sure appreciate that. We appreciate your service. How long have you been sheriff? I just started my second term this last December. All right. Wonderful. And how long is the term for a sheriff in Illinois? Two years or four? It's four, four years. Four years. Okay. I just want people to learn because every county across the country is slightly different in how it all works. And the best part is you still have elected sheriffs for the most part in Illinois, right? That's correct. 102 counties. 102 counties. This gun control issue since Prisker um, within the mainstream press announcing this, uh, how many sheriffs have, have decided that they're going to stand together on this? Do you know, or is there a certain number yet? Uh, there's about 90 now that are uh, publicly opposed to it, and most have said that they will not enforce it, myself included. And out of the 90, they're, they're standing together. What about the other 12? What are they saying? Are they just saying we don't want to touch this with a 10-foot pole? Uh, others divided. Some are not uh, going public with their position enough saying that they'll support it. Some of your uh, larger uh, population counties are, are uh, stating that they will enforce it. 
my goal is not to pit you against the other sheriffs, but when they when they say they're going to support it, what do you, what do we need to do with these people? I mean, you can't support taking away guns from the American people. This is a staple of our society that's been uh, the case since we decided King George wasn't the man to play king, right? Well, I, I think it's an edu- educational process that we need to embark in for not just sheriffs uh, and their deputies, but also for municipal policing, for uh, state police. Uh, they need to go back and look at their oath. And, and most oath of offices that you'll find for peace officers do not include the phrase blindly enforce all laws. It says you will uphold the constitution of both the state and the nation and you'll faithfully discharge your duties. Now, one of the duties of a peace officer is enforcing the law, but that's a tool to maintain public order and safety. It's not the primary top of the heap function of a peace officer. And why gun control is looked at through a different lens than other constitutional rights when it comes to the law enforcement profession uh, is is still uh, kind of confusing to me because we go through annual continuing education on legal updates, uh, what case law is telling us. And uh, for instance, like the Fourth Amendment, when we can enter into someone's home lawfully uh, during a criminal investigation. And we have case law that gives us guidance on where we cannot cross those constitutional limitations and go into a violation. And many of the constitutional rights of our people, we get the, the training that states that here's the case law and here's what you cannot do. But for some reason with the Second Amendment, we have case decision, especially in Illinois with Washington, D.C. versus Heller in 2008, and then uh, McDonald versus Chicago in 2010, um, that clearly is established United States Supreme Court case law that states the kind of gun control and limitations on the Second Amendment that's been uh, put in place by House Bill 5471 in Illinois uh, this year is totally unconstitutional and not enforceable based on not only the Second Amendment, but the United States Supreme Court decisions backing it up. And the uh, and I, I think it's something where we need to let peace officers know that, you know, just like you would any other constitutional right, whether it's whether or not when you have to Mirandize someone or, or when you can lawfully search a car, and what does the case law tell us? When we see a state law that we know uh, violates federal uh, Supreme Court case law, that that's the, where we have to remember that the law does not trump the Constitution. The Constitution is always uh, top of the heap, and every government employee from the president on down has to answer to the Constitution. Nobody's above it. And, and that's because it's the Supreme Law, Sheriff. That's correct. And that we have to use what I call a constitutional lens when we look at government action, when we're getting ready to uh, perform our duties, that we have to look at what we're about to do through a constitutional lens. Is it going to be proper enforcement of our duties um, or is it going to cross uh, the constitutional uh, rights of our people and violate those rights? And we have to be very careful about that. And we uh, we have to make sure that we are uh, steadfast in our dedication to serving in that capacity. Now, I want to talk about case law, as you mentioned a little bit, because case law, in my understanding, is supposed to provide guidance and clarity about carrying out the supreme law. Case law is not intended to conflict and decide, uh, force folks like you and others to decide which law is going to play king. 
We know it's the supreme law of the land, but my point is case law is meant to clarify, to define, and to support the supreme law, uh, not conflict and cause issues, right? Correct. And uh, that's the job of the Supreme Court is that when uh, different entities in government uh, or even the private sector in government have conflicting views or actions conflict with each other, the Supreme Court gives the guidance to say, uh, what's the proper course to follow? And we've been given that uh, that proper course. You'll get the extreme gun control folks that will say, well, you believe that the Second Amendment should be an absolute right, and so you should have a tank or a nuclear weapon or or uh, an F, uh, F-15 f uh, fighter pilot. And those uh, unreasonable, ridiculous, extreme views that gun control people will use. And my answer to that is D.C. versus Heller already took care of that. We're not talking about those extreme cases. We're talking about weapons in common use at the time. And these are those are the weapons that this uh, new uh, law that Illinois passed this year, those are the kind of weapons that are, are being targeted, not the extreme uh, examples, uh, but rather weapons that are common use and commonly owned uh, by the people of my state. Well, and to your point, talking about the extremes and saying, hey, you know, that means you can have an armored tank in your front yard and stuff or whatever. We're also not talking about, in my opinion, what are called scare words. In other words, there's no such thing as an assault weapon, sir. If I use that gun to defend my family from some thug, that's not an assault weapon. That's a rape me not. That's a kill me not. That's a stop the loss of life defense mechanism or whatever words you want to use. But these scare words have got to go, though, because it's no more an assault weapon uh, at all. It all depends on whose hands it in, hands it's in and what their intent is. Um, but the gun has no characteristics of its own except for the fact that it's a mechanical device to be used for good or for evil, depending on who's wielding it, right? So their, their scare words have got to stop if we're going to have an honest discussion about this, right? I agree, and it makes it harder and harder with so much censorship by the left, with the mainstream news media and different social media outlets to actually have an honest debate and to call those – politically correct buzzwords out for what they are. Another example in my state was they passed a ghost gun ban, uh, which was, we believe, uh, unconstitutional as well, and, and basically states that the people of Illinois can no longer have homemade weapons that do not have a serial number. And you and I both know serial numbers only serve government purpose. They don't serve pride of its citizens. If you want to have an inventory of your own weapon, you can apply what's called an owner-applied number and register that with your insurance company. And then if your weapons get stolen, you can report that number uh, to law enforcement, but it's not something that uh, the government has to have. But by putting the ghost title on it, they outlawed uh, those homemade firearms, weapons that don't have serial numbers on them in my state. And it's, again, something that I don't support because it infringes upon the Second Amendment. And more importantly, when uh, gun control people use public safety arguments uh, to try to diminish the uh, the, the rights of the people under the Second Amendment, they're, they're not going after the people that are committing these crimes that many times weren't uh, lawfully allowed to have the weapons they were using anyway. The, these laws target uh, people who have never committed a crime. They own these weapons that are subject to the bans, and they're good law-abiding people, and they're being punished for the acts of others. And anybody who's had any kind of leadership training uh, whether private or public sector, knows that broad-stroke policy decisions 
uh, based on the actions of a few is poor leadership. And you're supposed to deal with the people who are behaving bad and not penalize everyone else who is not behaving bad. And that's what these kind of bans do. They, they're, they're targeting and punishing people who've never done anything wrong. I'm a hard-hitting patriot, Sheriff, so I don't mean to put words in your mouth. Feel free to disagree or say whatever you want to, but I'm going to make a couple of statements that I really believe are relevant here. When Bill Clinton tried to force the Brady Bill down the American people's throats in 1997, Richard Mack stood up and said, no, you're not doing that in my county. I'm the sheriff, and that's not happening in my jurisdiction. Uh, Bill Clinton said to Sheriff Mack, shut up, Sheriff, sit down, I'll arrest you if you don't cooperate. Richard Mack said, I don't think so, and they went all the way to the Supreme Court, and Richard Mack won. And Bill Clinton lost. That's the kind of the quintessential modern day 10th Amendment decision saying the states are not subject to the general government. I bring that up to say that I believe Bill Clinton uh, was a criminal uh, at that point. He was acting criminally, uh, literally threatening to arrest a sheriff in a different jurisdiction. Literally, clearly, according to the Supreme Court, he did not have authority to mandate anything. But he did anyway, and he used force as his threat to try to get sheriffs to cooperate. I believe Pritzker is kind of in the same area now here where, look, when you violate the supreme law of the land and you do so knowingly and willingly because you have a contrary agenda and you do it using force, as far as I understand, Pritzker is saying, hey, law enforcement will fire you uh, if you don't go along with this, quote, mandate. Um, to me, these these people who are acting such against the supreme law of the land – they're in criminal territory, Sheriff. Am I am I going too far? Well, I don't think Governor Pritzker has crossed that line yet. And I think uh, once uh, it started becoming a, a reality of how close his threats were getting to that line, I think he kind of retreated on that. Now he went from threatening, making broad general threats to now just accusing us of grandstanding. Uh, and I said uh, on uh, an interview with Newsmax yesterday that uh, I'm not the one that's eyeballing the White House and thinking of a national run for president. I'm happy where I'm at. I don't need to grandstand, but I remember my oath, and and he doesn't. But what he's if he calls out a sheriff by name and threatens to remove them from office, um, the uh, for them upholding their oath and sticking to the duties that they uh, had sworn to do then we have a state law in Illinois, which called aggravated intimidation. And I've sent gang members back when I was an officer uh, working the street or working cases. I've sent uh, gang members to prison for threatening me for doing my job. And uh, it's called aggravated tim intimidation. And there's several factors in there. And you can't threaten public officials for doing their job. And me upholding my oath and saying we're not going to enforce um, a law, a state law that we know violates the federal constitution and supporting United States Supreme Court case law uh, to th if he would threaten uh, a sheriff by name to have them arrested or removed from office from doing their constitutional duty, I would believe that he would cross the line at that point. But to my knowledge, he hasn't done that yet. Is threatening by name or just this general threat to all law enforcement in his state, though? It seems to me that you know, if you had an, an employer-employee relationship and those kind of tactics were used, it would be considered uh, problematic. To me, it's very similar in a sense, isn't it? Well, like I said, it, it skirts the line. It gets close, but I think okay. uh, it. Uh, I don't think he's got there yet. And I don't think you could get a state's attorney to charge him just for making the broad statements along the way. But if they targeted a sheriff I see. Uh, specifically, I think that that would change the game.
Now, when you say that he's backed off quite a bit, that's nice to see, but he's still pushing the agenda. He still thinks that it's law, and he still thinks that it needs to be enforced and obeyed. Uh, my question, though, is what about the DAs? We know 90-plus sheriffs are saying, uh-uh, not in my county, and we commend all of you sheriffs for that stance. Are there a lot of district attorneys and county uh legislative bodies, et cetera, in other words, all three branches of government within the counties, are they standing tall, too, with the sheriffs? The state's attorneys, uh, that's the title for the chief prosecutor in each county in Illinois. They are they are much quieter. State's You'll get attorneys. some that are more vocal, um, but they are not as public as the sheriffs are at this time. But But are they standing, though, behind the scenes? Are they willing to hold the line here? Well, the good thing is I believe that most of them will answer to their constituents and uh, most of the counties uh, in Illinois do not want this law. It's only a very small number of counties. Unfortunately, they have the largest population and they carry the politics in Illinois. But uh, the state's attorney has the ultimate charging authority in each county, and I believe that most of them are not going to touch this law with a 10-foot pole. All right, so we have good news in that people are standing up. We have bad news in that other states are trying to follow Illinois. Colorado close on its heels. California has always been kind of crazy. The sad part is it seems to me where these battles are the hottest is where we have the most amounts of abuses, meaning uh, shootings and, and, and violations of gun rights. The more it seems like they clamp down, the worse it gets, Sheriff. Well, I agree. I mean, you see the example that Chicago provides, and my heart goes out to the officers of Chicago PD and the Cook County Sheriff's Office and what they have to deal with up there. Very high crime rate, very violent, a lot of shootings, a lot of murders, uh, and very little support from the political body up there for the job, the very dangerous job they have. And it's an example. I mean, that's some of your strongest gun control comes from uh, the Chicago Cook County area. And it's... uh, it's just, it, it contradicts what we know. I also teach concealed carry. All right, hang tight. we got a quick break. I have to take Sheriff Jeff Bullard, Sheriff of Jefferson County, Illinois, with me. SheriffBullard.com in seconds on Brideon.tv. If you don't want to eat GMOs and pesticides in your storable food, choose organic, lab-tested, storable food solutions from the Health Ranger Store. We are the only emergency food manufacturer in the world that subjects each of our ingredients to rigorous laboratory testing that covers herbicides, heavy metals, aflatoxins, identity testing, and bacteria tests, including E. coli, salmonella, yeast, and mold. At HealthRangerStore.com, you'll find certified organic, lab-tested, freeze-dried fruits, microalgae superfoods, protein powders, and supplements. We offer emergency first aid colloidal silver products made with Texas rainwater. And our Ranger buckets feature an impressive assortment of organic storable food items professionally vacuum sealed in heavy-duty bags that are stacked in rugged buckets for long-term storage. Check out our preparedness foods, supplements, personal care, and emergency first aid products at healthrangerstore.com. At the Brighton store, we offer a variety of colloidal silver solutions that we make in Texas using Texas rainwater and specialized circuitry that I personally designed to produce silver ions in purified rainwater. We have a colloidal silver extra strength spray, a silver-based first aid gel, as well as a colloidal silver herbal mouthwash solution that 
people just rave about. Each one of these is subjected to our rigorous laboratory testing for metals, glyphosate, and microbiology in order to ensure product purity and safety for your health. We manufacture our own silver products right in the heart of Texas and deliver them to you using our own warehousing and fulfillment infrastructure that we built to serve real America. All of us here at Brighteon thank you for your support. Shop our silver products at BrighteonStore.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, his website is SheriffBullard.com to learn more about him. Sheriff Jeff Bullard with me. He's from Jefferson County, Illinois. He's been in law enforcement for over 30 years. He's got more credentials than I even know what to do with. Uh, nevertheless, he's a wonderful gentleman, understands patriotism, believes in and supports the oath of office and the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. And you're making a statement right before the pause, Sheriff. Do you want to go ahead and finish? That uh, it's about the uh, public safety argument that gun control advocates make, and it, it never holds water. And there's never, as long as there's an open, honest debate about it, where you have people who actually have public safety experience to join in. Uh, and I teach concealed carry. I teach active shooter for civilians. Um, and have worn many hats over the years. And there's some simple concepts that just cannot be escaped. And one of them is when seconds count, law enforcement's only minutes away. And we've seen that time and time again. What What is the public doing during a violent crime in progress uh, while they're waiting first to call 911 and then after 911's called, waiting for the police to get there to uh, stop the violent crime? Well, if they're taking no action and they don't have the proper tools to protect themselves, uh, then there's more casualties. And you can even see back in 2013 with the CDC report that President Obama uh commissioned about gun violence, that one of the factors that came uh, out of that finding was that people who are armed are much less likely to be harmed during attack than those who are unarmed. And they're just everything about it from the constitution to practical public safety. There's nothing that supports the gun control um, narrative other than irrational fear. And we have to continue to educate people uh, my concealed carry classes are, are, are full of good people. They're responsible people. Um, and of all the people that I have uh, taught since 2013, when it first became law in Illinois, that I've only had one student that has behaved uh, improperly and lost their uh, ability uh, to carry through their own actions. And, you know, a lot of good people and the, the, absent of any wrongdoing, the government has to, is forced to trust the American people. The Constitution forces the government to trust the American people. They cannot take away their rights because of the actions of a few. It's also fascinating to me, maybe I'm not the brightest bulb in the room, but I look at this and say what's fascinating to me is every time some psychopath goes crazy with a gun, without exception, a good guy with a gun stops them. That may be law enforcement, 
if there's nobody else armed and, it, and carnage happens for a while till they get there, uh, that may be a citizen. But it's always a good guy with a gun that stops them, no matter where or how or what, every time, unless they turn on themselves and shoot themselves or something. But, again, it's always a good guy with a gun that stops them. Can't we just have more guns then? I'm sorry, what was that? Can't we just have more good guys with guns then? Oh, that's a definite strategy, and I think it's a more practical and constitutional strategy. If 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 a business, if a, a government entity, um, the uh, if any organization has a securities uh, concern, then armed security on their premises would be the most practical answer. And uh, we're fortunate to have uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman living in uh, our state, uh, actually over uh, in the Metro East area. And he provides a lot of uh, public safety training, and he's got a very good comprehensive school safety program out there. And it involves uh, things like uh, armed security, school resource officers, and voluntary uh, armed teachers who are properly vetted and trained and uh, an overall comprehensive plan that in Illinois is not allowed because teachers cannot do that under the current uh, setting. So uh, the gun control mentality, uh, it actually hurts good, solid strategies for public safety, and not just out in the public sector, but also in sensitive areas like our school with little kids. It seems to me like the community policing idea could take us a long way in this as well, building trust between uh, those who are uh, in law enforcement or, you know, protect, serve, defend, uh, and the people. The more of a relationship we build, the greater our chances for the the uh, law enforcement, such as yourself and others, to have eyes and ears of faithful uh, partners, right? Oh, absolutely. And and. We, uh, we're blessed in Jefferson County to have a community that overwhelmingly supports us. I mean, and and I know that there's jurisdictions that are not that way in other parts of the state and other parts of the nation. And it, it's something that we value, the relationship we have with our community. And because of that, we get more crime solved. We're able to be more effective because the community works with us more. And, it, and it's one of those things where we also understand that it, it, because of our oath, that means we don't blindly enforce all the laws all the time. We take a look at our action through that constitutional lens, and we do everything we can to respect the rights of the citizens that we serve while trying to protect them and also maintain order. And I believe that uh, builds a lot of trust, a lot of respect. Um, and uh, and by raising the standard of the, the bar, by being a consummate professional and have that goal to always serve professionally with through that constitutional lens, it just builds relationships with the community you serve and builds that trust. And it makes you uh, better at your job. So uh, Governor Pritzker has um, security around him, correct? Correct. Are they going to be reducing the amount of uh, ammo in their magazines for the, uh, him as well? I don't know exactly, but I would suspect not. Uh, so to me, that seems to be a problem. At some point when you're a government official, you take an oath to the supreme law of the land, which he's violating by uh, pushing contrary law. But at the same time, I kind of come back and say uh, it's pretend legislation if you directly conflict with the supreme law of the land. But most importantly, how does his oath of office give him special protection to not live by the same rules that he wants to dish out to the rest of us? 
Well, and that's another thing that law enforcement in my state doesn't need to fall for. And that is by uh, adding into this law a law enforcement exception, meaning that uh, if you're in law enforcement, you're exempt from uh, this gun control act that's passed. It, it uh, tries to make the law enforcement back off and be more to it uh, because, well, since I don't have to follow it, all I have to do is enforce it, then uh, that it, it puts uh, our peace officers in our state in a precarious position where, you know, it's not about me. It's about those I serve, and I don't care what kind of exemptions they put in for law enforcement. What's right is right and what's wrong is wrong, and this law is 100% wrong, and we have to continue to push forward with that and hopefully – more and more um, officers and law enforcement leaders in our state and across this nation really understand that if we want to be united behind the badge, that badge has got to be serving the federal constitution first and foremost. And that's where we can find our common ground and to our oaths. And then all the other stuff can be worked out. But how we serve the public is uh, how we serve the constitution. That's great news. I think more and more Americans are waking up to the education that we provide on all levels. Uh, but a good news piece also is a judge issued a, quote, temporary restraining order last Friday ordering the new, quote, Illinois law banning assault-style weapons, which I think is a, a misnomer in terms. But nevertheless, uh, in high-capacity magazines, he basically put it on hold. I guess he's – uh uh, Effingham County Judge Joshua Morrison issued the order after a former Republican candidate for attorney general, Tom DeVore, sued to block the law. DeVore said that he's representing hundreds of people from dozens of counties who simply argue that the law violates their constitutional rights. This judge is a hero, sir. Well, I, I agree. The judge is doing it job properties, uh, taking a look at existing case law and uh, how to interpret the uh, uh, the Constitution, and that's his job, and I believe he made the correct ruling. Uh, my, my big concern is, is that since it's a state court ruling in Effingham, that, uh, that it's going to be subject to the Illinois Supreme Court, and where that's a five Democrat, two Republican uh, panel on the Illinois Supreme Court. And what we're afraid is it's going to fall along party line. We hope that's not the case. We hope the Supreme Court justices do their job, pay attention to the available federal case law at hand, and rule uh, alongside with the Effingham County judge. So we're not putting all our eggs in that basket. The Illinois State Rifle Association, the American Firearms Association, I believe, and the Second Amendment Foundation have filed a federal lawsuit. Uh, and that's the one that we're uh, uh, watching as well. We'll head right to... Uh, our uh, U.S. Supreme Court that's already uh, ruled uh, several times in favor of uh, private gun owners' rights. And uh, so we're, we're keeping our eye on that one. It seems to me that the enemies of liberty are pretty wise in, in what they do. They wage themselves or, you know, wedge themselves in, in the middle of very controversial things. Part of the reason that I think Illinois is used as kind of the kickoff for this agenda at the state level it used to be the, the general level, but, of course, Bill Clinton got shut down by Sheriff Mack 25-plus years ago. However, in the states, it seems like they're going after it now. The reason they picked the state of Illinois is Illinois does not have 
uh, in its state constitution as strong of a defense of the Second Amendment than maybe other states do. Now, I don't think that's a problem because, as I mentioned at the start of the program, I think there's dual sovereignties. And what was delegated to the general government said, hey, keep your hands off the guns. That was meant to be nationwide. Uh, but states are trying to use these loopholes, and especially states without as strong of language, constitutionally speaking. Uh, in the state of Illinois, from what I understand, is that basically in the state constitution says, hey, subject to, uh, I'm not sure what it's called, police power or police authority or whatever, then this and that. And it, it gets a little bit fuzzier in the language, doesn't it? Yes, that's correct. And how I interpret it is uh, officer safety, like uh, in that in the Illinois Constitution, it says the right of the people to, to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, and it says subject to police power. I believe that's officer safety only, that on a traffic stop or some contact where, where like, there would be a Terry versus Ohio type issue where you have a reason to believe that there's criminal activity going on and that they uh, could possibly be harmed. Uh, you know, or an arrest situation, something where you're acting on legal authority as an officer, you could disarm someone at that point. And I keep that pretty narrow. I don't believe it goes uh, beyond that anyway, because that way it stays in line with U.S. Supreme Court uh, uh, past rulings on police officers' actions on when they can uh, disarm a, a citizen. But uh, it, it's funny you point that out also, that uh, – uh, there was one of our former instructors, uh, he passed away a few years ago, Kevin Burke. He did, uh, for decades, he did law enforcement legal update training. And he always called the Illinois Constitution a lockstep doctrine with the federal constitution, meaning it's supposed to be in lockstep, step by step with the federal constitution. And when you'll hear gun control people say that the Second Amendment was met for the militia uh, and not for private citizens, uh, especially in Illinois, I say, well, you better take a look at the uh, Illinois Constitution, which is a lockstep doctrine, and in the right to bear arms in there, it mentions nothing of militia. It just says, period, the right of the people shall not be infringed. It makes no mention of militia or military or anything. And I think that by taking a look at history, we can piece it together, you know, what the Founding Fathers' intent uh, was, and that it's properly, uh, that the Second Amendment is to protect private gun ownership of possession and uh, transporting, bearing it in public. I want to also double down on your point because I think you're exactly right about this lockstep doctrine. In fact, because of the separation of powers that I mentioned in the dual sovereignties, uh, people in the state of Illinois just kind of took it for granted saying, well, we know that's already been keeping your hands off in the Second Amendment at the general level. We don't need to create more guidance. We need to respect that dual sovereignty uh, that's in place and our Constitution mirrors that separational understanding. It's not that it's weak because they don't care that it's not true. or It merely mirrors that in-step doctrine you highlight and it, and it recognizes the delegated, divided or checks and balance-based authority. Uh, Sheriff, I think that was the intent and now it's being used against us in a manipulated, dishonest way, sir. Well, I, I agree. There are certainly uh, there are forces that uh, continually want to disarm the American people. You see it every year. Um, and I remember back a town hall meeting uh, years ago when President Obama was still in office and a, uh, a person in the crowd asked him about his gun control efforts. And, you know, and he, he made the statement then that, uh, you know, well, we're not coming after everyone's guns. We're only trying to do this little bit and this little bit and take only these certain ones. 
And uh, it, I always wish I was at these places so I could do a follow-up question. I'm never present when the stuff goes on uh, because my follow-up question will be uh, for the president then would have been, well, we understand you are not trying to take all the guns from the citizens uh, at this time. Uh, but we, uh, but you're playing your part, and you are taking that step towards total disarmament sometime in the future. And that cannot be done in one fell swoop. The, the American public would never go for that. For suddenly everyone has to be disarmed. So it has to be done in incremental steps. And Obama's administration took their steps. Uh, President Clinton took his steps. I mean, different things uh, along the way. Uh, and you can even, I mean, even President Reagan, uh, yeah, who's one of my favorites, uh, he even endorsed the Brady Bill uh, publicly, you know, and incremental steps on total disarmament. And we just have to say, no, there's a line in the sand. A good line in the sand right now is D.C. versus Heller. Weapons that we have right now, uh, you can't take them. They're protected by the Constitution. And I think we need to draw a very hard line in the sand there. All right, Sheriff Bullard, you received your Master of Science in Criminal Justice Administration from Missouri Baptist University. To me, this is a spiritual battle as well as a, as a physical battle. And I'm not calling for arms. I'm merely highlighting, highlighting the differences of opinion uh, and the law and everything. This is as spiritual as it is physical, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, the good book talks about we don't uh, battle against flesh and blood, but actually principalities and the heavenly places. I mean, this is, this is literally a battle between good and evil. And the Bible talks about freedom being from him. I mean, there's freedom through him. And so anyone who would be trying to take freedom away from people, uh, that's not of him. And, you know, and that's what people will try to turn around, especially as, uh, on Christians like myself and try to use Romans, the book of Romans against us and say that we're supposed to subject ourselves to governing authorities. And I agree the Bible does say that, but they also need to understand how the United States of America and a constitutional republic operates. The governing, the supreme governing authority for our nation is the federal constitution. And that every government employee, elected, appointed, hired, whatever, has to follow it. And when they are not following it, they are breaking the law and they lose their governing authority at that point when they do it. Uh, and so at that point, now, when Pritzker they're breaking basically the law, says that you guys can't. Sorry, Sheriff Pritzker says you guys can't pick and choose. But I submit to you that the supreme law of the land has been in place. He's picking and choosing to violate his oath and go against that. Right. Oh, absolutely. And the thing that we have to, as a people, have to stand up and say, enough of politicizing the Constitution. That's uh, in, that's one of the effective tools uh, that's being used right now. And why does more and more issues become political in nature? Uh, because if you look at history, why are we a free uh, nation? Uh, the Black Robe Regiment preaching freedom from the pulpit before we became an independent nation. And so now what's the enemy do? Uh, the enemy of freedom, what they do, they make everything a political argument and then tell the churches they have to be silent on it because they can't talk about it. Uh, and unfortunately, many listen. I submit to you, Sheriff, there's no such thing as politics. That's just a word they use to divide and uh, eventually conquer us if we're foolish enough to go along. I submit to you that there are no politics at all. Everything is a moral discussion, and we want to be on the right side of the moral issue every time. 
Yes, I, I agree that, uh, like I said, it's a, a battle in the heavenly places and it's good versus evil. And the side that represents freedom, that represents those good principles um, and is not confused by the deception, uh, we can provide you peace and security if you give us all your freedom and not falling for the lies of that. I mean, it's pretty clear which um, uh, which side that I want to be on. And that's uh, representing and protecting the God-given freedoms of the people of our land. Amen. Sheriff, where is this headed and what can we do to support the effort to defend our rights according to the supreme law of our land, sir? Where, what, what do we need to be doing and where is this headed? Well, I think uh, what we saw in Effingham County is a good start. And that's uh, back when we were bad, all the uh, the uh, illegal executive orders by Governor Pritzker after the first 30 days of the national emergency with COVID. Um, and people were coming to me and they were upset about how their children were being treated in schools. And they were upset about uh, the different mandates uh, and they didn't know what to do. And people by themselves, they feel so overwhelmed and so helpless. But uh, what has happened in this gun control act in Effingham County is something that I was telling people in my county that they should do. And that is, you know, getting a lawyer by yourself is, uh, can be overwhelming and expensive. But you get um, seven, eight hundred people, like minded people that are fighting the same cause to get one lawyer. And then suddenly you go from spending thousands of dollars in court proceedings down to just a few hundred because everybody's chipping in. And that's what people need to uh to belong to organizations that uh, they can be better educated, where the communication is uh, improved, where they don't feel isolated. They go seek like-minded individuals. Uh, and then when they believe that their government has encroached uh, or oppressed their rights, that they band together uh, and they develop strategies to, to, to go after it. And it's a, and we need more uh, sheriffs, especially who, are the top constitutional peace officer in each county that they serve. We need uh, more of them to be vocal and to step up and saying, you know, when I look through the constitutional lens of this law or this action, that it's wrong and we're not going to do it. And if it comes to our county, we're going to stop that. We're going to do what it takes to stop that in our county because we have to protect the rights of our people. We've sworn an oath to do so. Sheriff, we're about out of time, but if you could say one thing to the American people, what would it be? Well, never lose heart, never give up, always keep the faith. But the faith, first and foremost, must come from our Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you don't believe in him, I invite you to look into him. And uh, because once you do, it will change your life forever. Thank you, Sam. Sheriff Jeff Bullard, thank you so much for your time, sir. We really appreciate you. You're an American hero. We'll look forward to seeing you at our rally and our training on March the 4th in Illinois. SheriffBullard.com. Thanks again, sir. God bless you. The Sheriff Mac Show, CSPOA.org. To leave a message, press 1. To change your message, press 7. Hey, Mom, Dad, Mark here. Wow, I love college. Really? I never knew living on my own could be so uh, good for me. Uh. To change your message, press 7. So, here I am at college. It's cool, 
Well, of course, it's only been a week. To change your message. Hey, it's me. I was just remembering that time I hit my first home run. You know, through the garage window. Thanks for not being mad. No. To change. Hi. Boy, I miss you guys. I miss my room. I miss waking up to warm socks straight from the dryer. Warm socks? Family. Isn't it about time? Hi, it's Mark. Um, I love you guys. Uh, I'll call you later. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is a battle. A battle between truth and deceit. A battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to LocalHoneyMan.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at LocalHoneyMan.com. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on Brighty on Radio, Brighty on TV, Liberty News Radio, Loving Liberty Radio Networks, our chief primary syndicator, Loving Liberty Radio Networks. Just great stuff, folks. We just talked to Jeff Bullard. Sheriff Bullard is uh, an incredible man. SheriffBullard.com. He's from Jefferson County, Illinois. He's one of the key sheriffs standing up against this gun control uh, belligerent agenda, this gun grab by Illinois Governor Pritzker and others. Uh, and shame on him, uh, meaning Pritzker, for doing this. But good for Sheriff Jeff Bullard and others that are standing up. I mean, this guy's got credentials like you wouldn't believe. Uh, he went to Baptist, um, uh, Missouri Baptist University. And, man, the guy's a certified handgun, shotgun, rifle, low-light low engagement, and active shooter instructor. The guy had taught criminal justice for over a decade at a college, uh, pioneering new classes, uh, helping law enforcement leaders understand their roles, their responsibilities. He completed over 6,000 hours of classes in management, supervision, and leadership to continue his education and provide greater guidance and leadership for those who he serves. During his career, he spent time in patrol, field training investigations, problem-oriented policing, community policing, and tactical team operations, providing his experience in all levels of law enforcement. This guy is a hero, folks. And these guys are the kind of people that are taking on Pritzker, God-fearing Americans who understand the proper role of government and the rule of law. Thank heavens for Jeff and others in the great state of Illinois. I know Chicago has been a bastion of 
<laughs> disarm the good guys so the criminals can run amok plan. But it's failed, and Americans are seeing that truth and that reality. We have got to stand up strong in Illinois, though, ladies and gentlemen, because <clears throat> they've got several states right on the heels. Uh, and there's not as many people standing up in those other states. Colorado is a great example. Where the heck are the Colorado sheriffs to say, uh-uh, not on my watch, not happening, no go. See, that's what we need in America. We need good, honest Americans and patriots standing together. I wish I had a little more time with a good sheriff because I wanted to talk to him about posses. It's one of the great, great solutions where um, those who are in Law enforcement, I don't like to use that term because it makes me believe it's enforcement. I like to think of peace officers. But it's where peace officers and sheriffs, the county sheriff, America's last hope. One of Sheriff Max Books highlights this point that I'm making. We can work together. Community policing can have us work together. We can be the posse, the eyes and ears, and based on training, uh, sometimes in all kinds of roles, whether it's search and rescue, whether it's eyes and ears in neighborhoods, whether it's intel providing information, whether it's um, you know security in certain venues, uh, we the people can work with peace officers to truly stand for God, family, and country. Truly make peaceful society. And you know what? The key to the exercise is good guys with guns that are trained to use them properly. That really changes the game. Every time a gun crime occurs. A good guy with a gun eventually stops that criminal. Uh, we just need more good guys with guns so they can get to the protection of everyone else sooner. That's all we need. Okay? Uh, we don't get the chance to debate this in the mainstream press. As, as uh, the good sheriff said, basically, hey, I, you know what? Whenever they bring up these points, I'm never there to defend them, but I sure wish I was. And if I was, here's what I would say. But Sheriff Bullard highlighting the reality. We need to open forum, discuss this, debate this, bring the information to the American people. The only way we can do that is the new media taking center stage and you folks supporting the new media so that we can grow, 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 grow. Just imagine instead of talking to, say, 3 million of you or whatever this show is, what if it was 300 million? You got to help us spread the word. And to do that, we need increased funding. LovingLiberty.net is the nationally syndicated network that I'm involved with along with several others, and we're grateful for all of you. Radio stations, TV, Brideon, everyone, God bless you, and thank you for your work. Hour one in the can, hour two coming up. I am Sam Bushman, and this is Liberty Roundtable Live, where we bring solutions to the problems we discuss every time. This is Solutions Radio. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it was refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for January 24th in the year of our Lord, 2023. 
This is our two of two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio and TV in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We're also convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. What are the peaceful solutions we still have at our fingertips? We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Normally, it's first hour that I do the recap of the previous show, but when we do Brighty on TV, I skip that because we're simulcast with the Sheriff Mack show. But I'll uh, brief you yesterday's show. Uh, it was Sam Bushman and Dr. Scott Bradley together. FreedomsRisingSun.com is the good doctor's website. And uh, we talked about 68 days of silence. Why did Biden claim cooperation while engaging in a huge cover-up of classified documents? Because he's a criminal and he doesn't want to go to jail, that's why. The White House and the Department of Justice literally worked together to conceal the discovery of Joe Biden's classified documents for months, ladies and gentlemen. That's according to the Washington Post, WAPO, if you will. Now, Biden, believe it or not, things are getting worse for him. Even the Democrats are starting to turn on Biden over the documents scandal. Democrats were starting to turn against Joe Biden over the border issue. And now we find more. Biden directly named in Hunter's shady business dealings. It looks like the Daily Mail dropped yet another, quote, bombshell, if you will, a report on the president's, quote, sorted business practices. Uh, and this time, believe it or not, he's directly named as a, quote, participant. Yeah, so all the time before, we've always heard Hunter this, Hunter that, the big guys referred to, not by name, but by reference, by whatever. And it's never been 100% connect all the dots. Now, my fellow Americans, the bombshell is that has changed. Now Joe is mentioned directly. Now we have evidence of the vice president of the United States, Joe Biden at the time, literally in bed with shady business dealings tied directly to his son. And now we find classified documents literally all over the place. You think that uh, Donald Trump was bad? Okay, this is, we're finding more every time we turn around. Oh my gosh, there's another, a bunch of them here and a bunch of them there and a bunch of them everywhere. And I mean, it, it's crazy. And it's getting worse. But now that you have Democrats attacking Biden regarding the border, uh, now regarding uh, the document scandal, and eventually uh, relating to gun control issues, because Joe Biden is going along with gun control just like Pritzker. He's just doing it at the national level via executive order, via regulation. They're just updating regs that, that outlaw and change the game. And uh, it's all unconstitutional, folks. Biden has turned into a flat-out criminal. And every time we turn around, more evidence documents this reality. That is the facts, folks. That is the irrefutable facts. Well, the good news is that TV shows, they're shooting less TV shows in Los Angeles. So maybe we'll have less boring TV to derail the American people. Second hour, I was by myself yesterday, and we talked about this incredible country star by the name of John Rich. 
Uh, he's of big and rich, just to reference it for you. He's a country star, folks. Uh, he used to be in the original lineup of Lone Star. He's written songs that Jason Aldean and many others have covered. This guy is a hero. <clears throat> anyway, John Rich says this, quote, I never bent the knee. Country star John Rich wins lawsuits against venue that tried to force vaccine passports at his concert. He said, not happening. I will sue you. He sued, and he won his lawsuit now. The idea is you cannot force this on everybody. Then we played one of John Rich's new songs called Progress. And this Progress song talks about these whacked-out woke folks and how they're destroying our liberties, destroying America, destroying our way of life, violating people's artistic liberties as well. And John Rich talks about how wokeness killed country music. And John highlights the fact that there are no country stars that have the freedom to say and speak and think and do the things uh, that they would normally do. The people that get to be on your radio and that are stars have to compromise and be shut down to get there for the most part. And John Rich has lost a lot by standing up for liberty. So is Ted Nugent. So is Kid Rock. So there's a few. Uh, and he talks about why there's no Loretta Lynn's or some of these people out there anymore because those people are shut down. Well, anyway, I appreciate John Rich for speaking out and highlighting the narrative. He's saying a lot of what Kanye West has said, too. These big organizations are evil, and they want to shut down free expression, uh, liberty, patriotism. If you talk about God, family, country, they don't want to hear from you. If you talk about the protection of life, liberty, and property, they don't want to hear from you. Steve Voss, well-known um, musician in his own right, lives in San Diego, dear friend. Uh, Steve Voss is one of the ones that got shut down and highlighted this before anybody else came to the party. Kind of like I was the one that highlighted, hey, if you want to be a big talk show host, you can't do it if you talk about God. My story came out way before Glenn Beck's story and everybody else's story on this. Hey, you can be a big rock star talk show host, Sam, if you quit talking about God so much, traditional marriage so much, if you don't talk about the IRS and their criminal activity so much. Hey, we can make you a big rock star, Sam, talk show host. No, thanks. Not interested. I'd rather stand with God, family, and country any day of the week, baby. Yeah, I don't care if I have a big audience. I don't care if I have a lot of money. I don't care about those things. What I care about is being right on the principles. It's not a matter of who's right. It's about what's right. And I want to be on the right side of the principles every time because one day, my fellow Americans, one day I will meet my maker, my God, my Father in heaven. And when I do, I want my, as the Bible or scriptures say it, I want my skirts to be clean. I want to have clean hands and a humble heart and a big smile for Jesus and say, you know what, Lord, I did my best to follow you. I did my best to be on your errand. I, I did my best to be your disciple. When you said, come follow me, I took it seriously. And I'm far from a perfect guy, but I want to be able to say I did my best, Lord. All right. Anyway, we played this video about the border divide and how even Democrats now, everybody's giving criticism to Joe on the border because he's not caring about the border at all. He didn't even really see what's going on on the border. He has no idea. He's not taking that seriously at all. We talked about Google's alphabet 
That's the parent company laying off 12,000 jobs across the company. When the Googles of the world lay people off, you know we're in trouble, right? We also, Donald Trump warns GOP not to go after Social Security, Medicare in the debt ceiling fight. Under no circumstances should Republicans vote to cut a single penny from Medicare or Social Security, Trump put out in a video on his Truth Social platform. Well, Donald, I appreciate that, but you're backing socialism, sir, and it's got to stop, Donald. If you want to be president, you need to stop that. Now, I get your point. You're saying, look, you can go for the low-hanging fruit. Uh, You can stop a lot of the wasteful spending and a lot of the Democrat agenda spending that's out of control, and we can do that before we get to some of these things. I get it, and I agree, but be careful when you back socialism because you send the wrong message. And what you do is you make it harder by principle to eventually get there. Eventually, the government has no business funding or backing Social Security or Medicaid or Medicare or any of these, quote, safety net programs. Okay, the government has no authority to do that. Now, we've made promises to certain people, and we've got to keep those promises. I don't think we can just renege on all of our promises. But we've got to extract ourselves from these socialist programs, Donald. And when you advocate for them so harshly, uh, you kind of betray the fundamental principles, Donald. Okay? Understand the Davy Crockett reality, Don. It's not yours to give. Now, if you want to single-handedly go ahead and back Social Security and, and back the Ponzi scheme, go ahead, sir. But with tax dollars, you have no authority or business. So I appreciate that, and I understand you saying, hey, Let's not talk about Social Security or, or Medicaid, Medicare right now. Let's focus on the low-hanging fruit. We've got a lot of work to do before we get there. Let's reduce foreign aid. Let's, let's you know, get rid of wasteful spending. I support you in that completely. But let's not go so far as to act like Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, that they're righteous, good, honorable programs that we don't dare touch as if they're somehow an extension of the Constitution. That's completely bogus. All right, T-Mobile. Literally got hacked and lost personal information, data on over 37 million customers. It was stolen, folks. So that's a sad tale. Everybody's getting hacked uh, in some way or another by these big companies uh, that are not taking security uh, enough. I believe the government's not helping with security enough. A lot of these criminals could be stopped if the government spent more time on criminals and less time Trying to force me to comply with the IRS, right? That's the deal. We also talked about the U.S. no-fly list got leaked after it was found on an unsecure server. Includes over a million names. That is shocking. A million people no-fly? Is your name on it? (laughs) I don't know. Is mine? (laughs) Just can't know. Our prayers are with freedom folks do you treasure your liberty well at lovingliberty.net we most certainly do and we want to help protect your liberty too. become part of the family everyone knows that the core of any society is the family therefore the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family we the people won't you join us as a loving liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000 year leap let's restore the miracle that changed the world at lovingliberty.net 
As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. If Planned Parenthood were what they publicly declare themselves to be, they would welcome transparency. We all know why they hide, because we know what they hide. We can confirm federal judges who follow the Constitution rather than reverse engineer their preferred policy outcomes. The truth about abortion is spreading because of advances in medical imaging, because of brave journalists, tireless activists, compassionate doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals. The rising generation of young Americans is the most pro-life in decades because they know too. And one day soon, we will reaffirm our nation's principles in their dignified fullness and avow once again that all men are created equal. All are entitled to life. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Jeffrey Epstein. Back in the news. <laughs> wow, I've never seen a guy that's dead be in the news so often, so much, so continual uh, as this guy. It's amazing. Um, but I guess his accomplice, right, she's now speaking out. She says um, he was murdered. Yeah, Ghislaine Maxwell or whatever this lady's name is, she believes that Epstein was murdered. Wow. Isn't that what we were saying? That, you know what, I don't believe his death is just an accidental or, or he got away with suicide. or They believe it was a murder. Think about that for a minute. Maxwell believes it was a murder? Um, she's now speaking out. I don't know if she's available for general interviews or not. I'd like to interview her. <laughs> um, but she believes that Jeffrey Epstein was murdered, and so do I. How come there was no real detailed investigation on that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really one to want to agree with Ghislaine Maxwell on anything. I mean, I think she's a bad, bad woman. But at the same time, I kind of have to say, you know what? I agree with her. I believe that he was murdered in prison as well, so he wouldn't talk. Talk about motive, right? But you know what? I don't know if she's right or not. I don't have the facts. But why don't we investigate? more on these things, right? I don't know. It's sure weird. But there's more to this than meets the eye. Ghislaine may be on to something here. And I'll tell you why. J.P. Morgan is now accused 
of helping Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, a lawsuit now says that the bank helped conceal the exploitation of women and girls by the convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. The Attorney General of the U.S. Virgin Islands is the one who filed the lawsuit and is accusing J.P. Morgan Chase of helping Jeffrey Epstein illegally exploit women and girls. That's according to the lawsuit filed in federal court. It was filed in Manhattan, if you haven't heard about it. Some people are talking about this. Some people aren't. This came out a little bit ago, but I wanted to get to it. Sometimes I have so many news articles, so many stories, so many things to cover. It takes me a little bit to get to something. It doesn't mean that I'm not caught up on it. It just means that, uh, you know. But the lawsuit says that J.P. Morgan provided banking services to Mr. Epstein even after he had been convicted of his sex charges and failed to re- they reported they failed to report his suspicious activity the law the lawsuit says the bank should have known about mr epstein's quote illegal activity at a villa on little st james island that he owned in the territory and should have reported them these illegal acts to the authorities okay because the bank needs to have an adherence to anti-money laundering. But J.P. knowingly, or J.P. Morgan, knowingly, negligently, and unlawfully provided and pulled the levers through its, quote, recruiters and victims were paid. And this was indispensable to the operation and concealment of the Epstein trafficking enterprise. The lawsuit highlights, of course, a J.P. Morgan Chase spokeswoman declined to comment, right? But this financier, Jeffrey Epstein, maintained close associations with a long list of wealthy men, celebrities, even after he pleaded guilty in 2008 to two counts of soliciting prostitution from a teenage girl. All right. Anyway, he died in apparent suicide. Well, Giz Lane says, ah, I think he was murdered. Now, they say they're trying to settle the case for $105 million, including $80 million in repayments. I guess because uh, he obtained tax benefits. Uh, that betrayed the American people. Now think about this sex trafficker, this rich guy in bed with J.P. Morgan Chase, right? Think about that. They say they can get money from the sale of Epstein's Epstein's Island worth $55 million. But neither the state executor, uh, I guess neither the a state nor its executives admitted wrongdoing as part of the, quote, settlement. Now, they say they're trying to force the bank to turn over profits from its business with Epstein and his companies and to pay unspecified amounts in penalties and damages to the government. J.P. Morgan facilitated and concealed 
this is interesting, wire and tra cash transactions that raised suspicion of and in fact were part of a criminal enterprise whose currency was the sexual servitude of dozens and women in, around, and beyond the Virgin Islands. Now, I appreciate the lawsuit, and I appreciate somebody standing up somewhere, but I submit they let everyone else off the hook. Sometimes, folks, you got to remember that they, they, they release these things, and you can say that it's great news, and in some ways it is, okay? But in some ways it's really bad news. Because what I believe happened here is Jeff's dead. So whether you believe he was murdered or suicided at this point isn't relevant, except to say they brought this up and they said, this is horrible. Let's sue J.P. Morgan Chase. Let's get a bunch of money to pay back the taxpayers to do this, to do that, to make this right, to make that right. Let's get on the record that J.P. Morgan Chase facilitated and concealed wire transactions and cash transactions that are part of this exploitation of women and girls. But here's the problem. Unless you start naming names and putting names to faces and people that were involved with Jeff to cover this up, I'm not impressed, folks. I'm not impressed at all. And let me explain what I mean. Bill Clinton lied. Okay? He said he wasn't on the Lolita Express. Turns out he was. Then he said, well, I was on there, but I didn't ditch my Secret Service. Then that was a lie. He said, I was only on there a couple of times. That's a lie. He was on there over 26 times. And a lot of times it was without his Secret Service. Now, you have a lot of celebrities, executives, powerful, connected, elected. Let me say that again. Powerful, connected, elected or really, as Tina Peters would say, selected people that are in this exploitation of women to their eyeballs. All right? J.P. Morgan was involved of this, quote, criminal enterprise whose currency was the sexual servitude of dozens of women and girls in and beyond the Virgin Islands. Okay, but what I'm getting at is we need these heads to roll of these other people. Just because Jeff died and is gone, just because Ghislaine believes Jeff was murdered, just because now they've proven J.P. Morgan Chase enabled this to happen, I don't see anybody close to Jeffrey paying any penalty whatsoever. Do you? And are you comfortable with that? Because I certainly am not. Literally what they've done is they've created this court case they've said hey this is really bad money needs to be paid back but what they've done now is created a lawsuit that'll be settled and then everything in discovery and everything that could have been discovered and everything that is now off the table deep sixed classified whatever words you want to use mums the word gag orders in place and so on and to where you know what this is an effort to stop us from gaining more information about Who's involved with Jeffrey? 
and Ghislaine and these other criminals. It's not designed to get to the truth and have accountability and transparency at all. So although it's good news to some degree that they're acknowledging that J.P. Morgan Chase was involved, nobody's heads rolling, folks. Everybody gets a pass. This has got to stop in America. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. For the second time in three days, a senior citizen is being accused of a mass shooting in California. Christina Corpus is a sheriff in San Mateo County. This kind of shooting is horrific. It's a tragedy that we hear about far too often. But today, it's hit home here in San Mateo County. At least seven people were killed in two related shootings in Half Moon Bay, California on Monday. That's a coastal city about 30 minutes drive south of San Francisco. Four people were killed at a mushroom farm on the outskirts of Half Moon Bay and three others at a second location near a trucking facility less than a mile away. A suspect has been arrested. The suspect identified as Chung Lee Zhao, a 67-year-old Half Moon Bay resident. Four members of the Oath Keepers were found guilty on Monday of seditious conspiracy for being on the Capitol grounds January 6. Seditious conspiracy is a Civil War era law that prohibits plotting to overthrow or destroy the government. A jury convicted the four with prison terms up to 20 years. All four men will be required to remain in home detention pending sentencing. Some are expected to appeal the Washington, D.C. jury verdict. The Doomsday Clock's getting a time update later today. The end of days, Armageddon. Whatever you call it, scientists are set to reveal just how close to it we are. The doomsday clock will be updated by the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists. Who? Well, they're a nonprofit organization of world leaders and Nobel laureates who've announced how close the world is to ending for the past 75 years. I'm John Schaefer. Poland is indicating it is planning to send leopard tanks to Ukraine. The German foreign minister said Berlin would not stand in Poland's way, and Monday the European Union's top diplomat, Joseph Borrell, said Germany was not blocking the export of the tanks. Germany's leopard tanks are considered some of the best in the world. This is USA News. The inventor and CEO of MyPillow is always looking for ways to solve everyday problems. Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft in the store, but then when you go to use it, it's not very absorbent? It's basically a towel that's leaving you out to dry. That's why MyPillow has developed the MyPillow towels. Towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually dry you. The six-piece towels that includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors, and right now Now you can receive a six-piece set for only $39.98 with promo code USA. Go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and they have a 60-day money-back guarantee. To receive this amazing offer on the six-piece set of MyPillow towels, just go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special and enter promo code USA or call 800-951-8175. That's MyPillow.com, promo code USA. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, the headlines proliferate. 
I'll tell you what. <laughs> wow. All right, our buddy Josh, uh, Joshua Phillips, or Joshua Phillip, I'm sorry, of Crossroads over at theepictimes.com has an incredible headline, says this, Democrats turn on Biden over classified docs. They are, folks, because they know that it's a sinking ship and they want to get the heck off while they can. The next headline highlights the point just as well, if not even more succinctly, says this, Dems run for the exits as the number of mishandled documents multiplies. Um, Folks, they're done with Biden. Now, will Biden go away over this? That really depends on Kevin McCarthy and how many, uh, or how much guts he has and how many people he has with him. Will we demand accountability here or we just let it slide under the rug? Time will tell. But you know what, Kevin? It's time to double down, bro. It's time to deliver in a very meaningful way. All right? Kamala Harris might be the next one, right? Now, we got to understand this. Kamala is next. If Biden goes, Harris is next. Now, I don't know how to respond to this, but Harris, folks, slept her way to the top. We know that's what's happening. And to me, this is a big problem. All right. She is dishonest. She's a communist. And how we ever let her become vice president is beyond me, but we did. We allowed Joe Biden to pick her, and this is disaster. Now, Kamala Harris was speaking the other day at a, um, she was speaking about access to abortion. And Harris was speaking in Tallahassee, Florida, in honor of the 50th anniversary of the 1973 uh, law that legalized abortion supposedly back in the day she was speaking in defense or promotion of that if you will and she did something very egregious that i think you my fellow americans need to be aware of kamala harris left out the right to life when quoting the declaration of independence on sunday while speaking about access to abortion. All right. Uh, As far as I understand, the Declaration of Independence says the pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, the pursuit of happiness often is defined as when you have property, you can pursue happiness. When you don't, you can't. Nevertheless, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. She left out life. So the lady that possibly could be the president of the United States of America, next in line, literally does not believe in life at all. Because if you don't quote life, liberty, and property, what is liberty and or life and liberty in the pursuit of happiness? What does liberty in the pursuit of happiness apply to? If you don't have life, can I ask that humble question? What 
does it have to do with if we can't deal with this properly? What do we do? Right? That's the problem. What do we do? Well, she might be president. Right? What do we do about this? And we, the people, need to be up in arms about this. She needs to be disqualified as well. But then who's next? (laughs) What do you got, Kevin McCarthy, coming up? And I guess if I had to pick between Kevin McCarthy to be president and Joe or Kamala, I guess I'd pick Kevin. But I'm not really excited about it. Right? I'm not very happy about it at all. Because I don't think it's the way we should go in America. I really don't. But there you have it. Kamala Harris left out the right to life. What a disgraceful speech she gave. But you know what? She's been a disgrace all along, folks. The border discussion. You know, uh, Joe Biden put her in charge of the border. She's done nothing of substance, of value, right? Right? So that's a sad part. Anyway, I thought I'd bring that to your attention. In other news, Senator Ted Cruz, Republican of Texas, shame on you, sir. Senator Ted Cruz introduced an amendment. They call it a constitutional amendment on Monday to impose term limits for members of Congress. Uh, You know what? I don't want an amendment for term limits. I don't want to impose term limits on members of Congress. The legislation, they say, first obtained by the Daily Caller would limit congressmen and senators. It would eliminate U.S. senators to two six-year terms and members of the House to three two-year terms after the date of its enactment. Uh, You know what? I'm not for this. They say term limits are critical to fixing what's wrong with Washington. The founding fathers envisioned a citizen legislator who would serve for a few years and then return home, not those who would become political hacks or lifelong permanently entrenched politicians that are not accountable to the American people. That wasn't the intent of the founders, they rightly say. So my response is they're right. That was not the intent of the founders, but they're wrong on their solution. See, that's what we see all the time. They're right on the point, but wrong on the reality. It's a matter of tactics for solution that are the discussions. I think the founding fathers understood term limits well, and they chose to not employ them. Because remember, if I force you to two six-year terms in the Senate, the second you get elected to your second term in the Senate, you are a lame duck for six long, horrible, excruciating years. Right? If you literally halt a congressperson to three two-year terms 
Now what you've done, ladies and gentlemen, is you've created in the last um, two-year stint, in other words, if a congressman is in its, his last two years, you've got two years of a lame duck congressman. Shame on Ted Cruz. This isn't what we want. Three two-year terms. The last two years out of your six-year term as a House member, you're a lame duck. You would have lame duck everywhere. Who would basically start to say in their minds, look, the lobbyists are, you know, hot and heavy. If I came to a couple of them, I can go ahead and retire. And I got it made. I got it made in the shade. We can't have that, folks, at all. The problem with Washington is we, the people, believe that we don't have any control anymore. But when you understand that we can release or replace all 435 members of the House every two years already, we've got plenty of people that have been there for how long? What percent of Congress gets changed every two years even, right? Most of them are already there for two or three or four or five or whatever terms. The way you get rid of them is you vote them out of office. And then you've only got a lame duck for about a month and a half or whatever it is, right? And that is lame duck enough. We already see the damage they do in their lame duck sessions as it is. Just imagine if they had two years and six years respectively for the lame duck status. Boy, howdy would the lobbyists get with them. And boy, would they have their way with enriching themselves and Betraying the American people in their oaths of office, right? Wow. We have got to reject this and fast. Shame on Ted Cruz and company. What a, what a disgrace that is. All right, I got a whole lot more. Uh, let's see. I'll do two or three main stories before the end of the hour. Hang tight for all of them. You're listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. 
For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman with a whole lot of news the networks refuse to use. Yeah, Kamala Harris left out the right to life when she was talking about the Declaration of Independence. Shame on her. But that's what you get from pro-death, communist, godless politicians, ladies and gentlemen. Audio streaming platform Spotify is laying off 6% of its staff. Becoming the latest in the series of tech firms to, quote, make major cuts. So much for the high tech is going to save us mentality. So much for uh, the economy. It's going to be trouble. When you've got Google and all these big companies laying people off now, even Spotify laying people off. Now, they say it's not that many. It's only like 600 people at this point. Uh, But I I suspect they're not low-tech jobs, folks. Let's be clear about that. All right, I want to talk about the mask is off, my friends. The globalist elites are not even hiding their intentions anymore. Yeah, we're talking about Davos and other places. In a recent interview, Klaus Schwab, he's chairman of the, quote, World Economic Forum, WEF. Excuse me, he praised China's economic and political model, saying, I think it's a role model for many countries. The Chinese model is certainly a very attractive model for quite a number of countries, he says. Now, understand the Chinese model Klaus Schwab is praising is a system, folks, with literally zero freedom. Low social mobility, social credit scoring, and Orwellian surveillance apparatus or technology. Not to mention state-controlled media. Folks, this is disaster. These are what these top-down government control over every aspect of your life governments. America is trying to become this. You and I, my fellow Americans, must absolutely be the ones to reject this notion. We have got to stop this, right? Now, at the World Economic Forum, they just announced their intentions. Yeah. You know what their intentions are? To take away your car. I, I joke not. I know it's hard to even believe that it's true. But they're literally 
trying to take away our cars. Here's what they say. They say that you don't need a vehicle. It's too expensive. It's too costly. So from the Epic Times, WEF, that's World Economic Forum, in Davos, reveals new plan, no more private car ownership. Now, they're not there yet. This isn't like law, because remember, this is an international elitist group that has no authority. But they have authority in so much is that we let them or allow them to do these things. They don't have authority because they really have legal authority. They have authority because they're rich and because we let them have their way with us. We let them get in bed with and compromise politicians and pay off friendlies to do their bidding. But I'm telling you right now, the World Economic Forum in Davos reveals new plan, no more private car ownership and uh, the epic times has this piece um and i think this is just disaster now you say well sam that's a joke that'll never come to a theater near you or me i agree that it may not be tomorrow but they want to ban all gas cars diesel petrol vehicles if you will And they want to have all electric. Well, even if they have electric vehicles and you don't agree to give up your car, remember, Joe Biden just put a kill switch in cars going forward. So if you have an electric car and you don't give it up like you're supposed to, they'll just disable that sucker for you. So we better realize um, these electric cars sound cool. And we believe it's going to decrease costs and everything else, but they're not practical in the cold. They don't work. Uh, and if they're going to follow uh, the Chinese model, according to Klaus Schwab, hey, man, China, uh, they're going to use a social credit score. And if you have a social credit score, folks, you're not going to do well if you believe in liberty like we do. They will simply shut you down and you won't be able to do anything about it. Now, if they get their way on digital programmable money, as they're talking about at the Federal Reserve right now, it gets even worse. So I thought I'd bring that to your attention from the Epic Times and from Davos. These people are flat-out crazy criminals. I mean, they're out of control, and they want to destroy America. You can call me a conspiracy theorist. You can call me whatever you choose. But they're letting the border leak like a sieve for the same reason. They want to overwhelm America. Uh, They want to replace America with a big voting bloc that doesn't know about liberty and doesn't have freedom to protect. They just want to vote largesque from the Treasury. That's what they want. So here's the border discussion right now. Border Patrol agents arrested 38 individuals whose names were on the terror watch list. During a three-month period, that's according to, quote, U.S. Customs and Border Protection CBP data. Now, you say, well, that's not that many, Sam. Wait a minute. These are people who are on the terrorist watch list. All right. What's been happening at the border for the last two years? 
continues to be a, quote, catastrophic crisis. And the White House, Secretary Mayorkas, and the open borders advocates on the left continue to lie about it, folks. That's the problem. The apprehensions, they say, occurred during the months of October, November, December of 2022. Now, here's the problem. If they arrested 38 of them that were on the, quote, terrorist watch list, how many on the terrorist watch list got through that they did not catch an arrest? Right? How many got through that were not caught? Now, let me ask you another question. How many criminals got through that were not named in the terrorist watch list, but are terrorists? I don't know. But I do know this. If you say 38 on the terror watch list got stopped at the border, it's logical to think, well, some got through and didn't get caught. It's also logical to think a lot of terrorists who may not be on the watch list yet that are associated with the 38 that got stopped or caught or whatever else, those people probably got through. So due to the border crisis in the United States of America, ladies and gentlemen, my question for you is very simple. How many terrorists do you think they have let enter the country? Huh? Think about that question. If that many got caught, 38, on the terrorist watch list, how many that don't have their names on the watch list slipped through? Or how many with their names on the watch list slipped through, huh? I don't have factual numbers, but I will say this. It's enough evidence ladies and gentlemen, for us to seriously ask those questions and say, America is being put at risk. We have a national security crisis at the border. 38 terrorist watch list people in just one quarter got caught at the border. So how many got through that are terrorists with their names either on the list that got through or not on the list because they're associated with a known terrorist, but they may not have their names listed yet? How many of those people got through? And how vulnerable is America because of this national security crisis that Joe and crew have created? This catastrophic crisis is serious, folks. It is nothing to overlook or pretend isn't happening. It's something that if you lie about and you put the nation at risk at some point, Joe ought to be impeached over that alone. Literally making America... Subject to these terrorist criminals? How many of them are the ones that are attacking our grid? I wonder. Right? How many of these people are in our country? How do we protect the country? How do we stand for freedom? Right? 
This is serious indeed, my fellow Americans. This is not a joke. This is not just an opinion. This is reality, ladies and gentlemen. This is reality. Let me give you an example. Since Roe versus Wade got shut down and we've been standing for pro-life, I don't know if you know, but a recent report found that Catholic churches have suffered 118 attacks since May 2022. Wow. 118 churches were vandalized and attacked. Vandalism, firebombings, assaults, satanic messages, and even statues being beheaded. Now, how many of those people in this recent trend of violence that is upticking, how many of those might be people who have crossed the border and are involved in terrorist or gang-type organizations or mean no good or ne'er-do-wells, mean no good for America? They didn't come here for a better life. They came here to wreak havoc on a country they hate. I don't know the answer. But somebody needs to take my national security concerns seriously. Uh, Because what we have now is very dangerous for the freest, most prosperous nation in the world. My goal as a syndicated talk show host is to preserve the republic. To do so in the traditions of our founding fathers. Using the checks and balances that made America great to do so again. Promoting God, family, and country. Protecting life, liberty, and property. We do it all at LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word. Share the love. Tell your neighbors and friends. Talk radio free at your fingertips. Educational reality checks on all kinds of topics. News the networks refuse to use is what I like to call it. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic of the United States of America. America.